Greetings and salutations. I'm sorry a few minutes late. First of all, uh, I have a dog, the world's most gorgeous Legoto, uh, L-A-G-O-T-T-O. Look it up if you want. Um, she's an incredibly personable dog. And I have been learning to speak Legoto, meaning when... She looks at me a certain way. She has to go outside. If I ignore that look, she will go inside. I saw the look just as I was getting ready to start this podcast. And I thought, the podcast will wait. I'm going to take the girl out. And I did. And we were successful. She is happy. I am happy, and more importantly, my wood floors are ecstatic, if you know what I mean. So, let's get started. I had a wonderful day off yesterday. Uh, everybody needs a day off from time to time, and I needed yesterday off really bad. So, today we're going to get looking at John chapter 7. Now, I'm going to do something a little different I'm going to bounce around inside John chapter 7 over the next couple days, I think. But today, God brought my attention to a very specific verse. And when we get there, I'll point it out to you and we'll go from there. Um, but let's just start with John 7, starting with verse 1. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. Now remember, Jesus had gone over the, had gone past his apex of his public ministry where he's really, really popular. He's starting not to be as popular. Uh, the Jewish leaders were wanting to kill him, and he knew that. But when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers, this is his physical brothers, other children, of Mary and Joseph, said to him, Leave Galilee, go to Judea. See, the disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret since you are doing these things. Show yourself to the world. Because even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore Jesus told them, My time is not yet here, for you any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I'm not going up to this festival because my time is not yet fully come. After he said this, he stayed in Galilee. First of all, I thought it was interesting. And this, I kind of paused. I might come back and visit this a little bit later. Uh, this gave me pause because I'm wondering what it was like to growing up to being a younger brother to Jesus. Mary and Joseph knew his secret. I, don't, I wonder if they had shared that secret with his brothers. The reason Jesus was different was because he's a son of God. Um, 
So you notice that when I read this, I read it in a kind of pseudo-sarcastic tone because, to be honest, I kind of get the feeling that's what they're trying to do here. They're just, they don't believe in him. In fact, John the Apostle says here, for even his own brothers didn't believe in him. So I'll just put that aside. I I just wonder what it would be like to grow up to be the younger brother of Jesus. Uh, However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now, at the festival, the Jewish leaders are watching for Jesus and asking, where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, he's a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Apparently, word's getting out. They want to do away with Jesus, this itinerant rabbi. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and began to teach. The Jews there were amazed and said, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Evidently, folks realized that he had taken on the role of a rabbi, a teacher, but yet he did not have the pedigree that many rabbis did. It was very important about who was your teacher if you're a rabbi. Gamaliel, did Gamaliel teach you? You know, who was a very renowned teacher in his day. Jesus didn't have a teacher like that. And so they're saying, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Which also points to the fact that the stuff that he was saying was pretty stinking profound. He spoke with authority. Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You're demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Well, the Jewish leaders, for one. So Jesus, at this point, from this point on, he takes he's taking the gloves off. He's going head-to-head with the religious community. Uh, let's keep on going. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, isn't this the man they're trying to kill? Here he is, speaking publicly, and yet they're not saying a word to him. Have the authorities really concluded that he's the Messiah? But we know where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he's from. Then Jesus, still teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I'm from. I'm not here of my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I'm from him, and he sent me. At this they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because its hour had not yet come. Still, many in the crowd believed in him, and they said, When the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? Now the Pharisees heard the crowd whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. 
Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing these words, some of the people said, Surely this man is the prophet. Others said, He is the Messiah. Still others asked, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Doesn't Scripture say that Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. All right, I'm going to stop right there. The part of this, oh, by the way, if you're there, say hello. Let me know you're there, and if you have a comment, if I see it, I'll respond. Um, when I was reading through this today, I stopped really at, at verse 37, 38, where Jesus says, Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, from though, uh, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Hello, Mr. Gallagher. Good to see you, my friend. God bless you. Um, I'm going to stop here because I this this really captured my, my attention. Let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. All right. Jesus starts off saying, whoever believes in me. Rivers of living water will flow from within them. Let's just talk about that symbolism of water. Water is life, right? You can't live without water. Uh, you can live longer without food than you can without water. Water is absolutely essential to life. And Jesus is saying, if you believe in him, rivers of water, living water, will flow from you. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So let's see if we can piece all this stuff together. In a desert, water is a precious, precious commodity. If you're traveling in a desert, being thirsty is not uncommon. It's hot. It's dry. It sucks the fluid out of you. So when you come across a spring or a river, if you will, Many times there's shade and trees and, and foliage and, and uh, it, it's, it's a, a respite. It's a place of rest. It's a place of refreshment. That's the first thought that comes to mind. When there is a desert, water brings refreshment. Water brings rest. Water brings, it revives. Now, the first thought that came to mind in this was, in Psalms 1, where it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf doesn't wither, whatever they do prospers. Here, someone who is not following after the way of the world, but is following after Jesus, following after God, 
He delights in the law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord? Well, it's the word. It's the Bible. It's what I just read to you. When you delight in the law of the Lord and you meditate on day and night, and the word meditate means to mutter aloud to oneself, to talk to yourself about it, think on it. Bury yourself in it. It's kind of like what I'm doing here with this devotional thing that I'm doing with the Gospel of John. I'm jumping into this pool called the Gospel of John and I'm swimming around in it. Um, and my goal is to find something in every passage that speaks to me personally, that gives me something I can do, something that I can live out in my life. That's my purpose for going into the Gospel of John. So, this believer who meditates on the, on the law of the Lord, he's like a tree planted by streams of water. In other words, he draws life from it. The law of the Lord is linked to the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit. The law of the Lord, the Word of God, is a conduit, if you will, for the Holy Spirit to minister to you. So when you, when you go to the, the Word of God, you're opening up channels to God for His Spirit to minister to you. That's how it works. In, uh, I've talked a little bit about this before, but let me revi revisit this. In the tabernacle, the priest can either minister at the altar of burnt offerings or he can uh, minister to the Lord in the, in the presence of the Lord in the holy place of the holy of holies. But before he goes to minister to the non-priest or to the Lord, he has to go to the bronze laver and wash his hands. Now, the bronze laver is a highly reflective surface, and it's filled with water. So when the priest approaches it, he sees himself reflected in it. And he uses the water in it to cleanse his hands, and then he is equipped to minister to the non-priest or to the Lord. Whatever the priest does, the bronze laver is the first place he stops. Well, isn't that kind of like the way, isn't that kind of like what the word is? The Bible? We see ourselves reflected in it. It's the Bible that tells us uh, um, that I am not perfect, that for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. It's The Bible is the vehicle through which I find truth. And that truth cleanses me. There's a mystical part of the Christian experience that sometimes is hard to explain. So the only way I can say it is this. If you're in the Word, cleansing takes place. The Holy Spirit, the, the rivers of living water, are applied to your life and cleansing and rest and refreshment take place. Now, to go back to uh, where we were before, he, Jesus says that rivers of living water will flow from within them. In other words, there's an outflow of the work of the Spirit as well. Just like a spring of water is an oasis in the middle of a desert. I'm wondering if God is telling me here that 
one of his goals for me is that I be an oasis in the middle of the desert. That's the world we live in. Think of all the hatred. Think of all the vitriol. Think of all the uh, anger that we see around us with the pandemic, with the vaccine, the anti-vaccine people versus the vaccine people. Uh, think of all the, the garbage that we're surrounded with. Jesus says, if we believe in him, rivers of living water will flow from us. I think we can be an oasis to the world around us. Now, it doesn't mean we condone what the world does. No. But there are people who are looking, who are looking for relief, spiritual relief, physical relief. There are people that are looking for answers. Those are the people that are searching in the desert. And we should be an oasis that attracts that, that attracts them. Just like a, a, a traveler in the desert, their hopes are raised when they see in the distance trees and grass and foliage because they know there's water there. And before they ever get to the point where they partake of the water, they see the trees, the grass, and the foliage. They see proof that there's water there. In Psalms 1, which I just read a second ago, the picture is a man who meditates in, on the word of the Lord is like a tree planted by streams of water. What kind of tree? How do you know what kind of tree a tree is? Well, look at the fruit it bears. An apple tree bears apples. Cherries, cherries, orange trees, oranges, etc. There should be proof of what kind of tree that tree is. And you tell it by the fruit that it's bearing. So when somebody sees an oasis from a distance, they're seeing proof that there's water. If you are walking with God, the fruit should be evident. What fruit? Well, joy, loving kindness. Uh, in Galatians, look at the fruit, what's called the fruit of the Spirit. Um, your life should be such that people who are being drawn to God will be drawn to you. Does that oasis necessarily... Now, I'm going to step on some toes here, uh, and I really, 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 truly hope uh, I don't offend I worked with a preacher once, so I always used to say, hear what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Here's what I'm saying. The oasis's job, the trees, the foliage, the grass, the shade, they have one job, to be trees, grass, and shade, to attract people to where there's water for them. I believe our job as a believer is more about being the shade, the trees, the foliage. It's more about being a visual, visible sign that there is something good that is available to all who are looking. That oasis doesn't go out looking for anybody. And this is the part I'm sure will offend some. I hope it doesn't. 
The oasis does not go out looking for anybody. The oasis is an oasis. It attracts. It offers shade. It offers comfort. It offers relief. It offers water. I believe my job as a believer is to be that oasis in the middle of the desert. Now, Jesus says here, whoever believes in me, rivers of living waters flow from within them. Life will flow through you to those around you. He says here, whoever believes in me. Now, that's another word there that I like to look at. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? Well, I believe this chair I'm sitting in will hold me when I sit down in it. But I don't show I believe it until I actually sit down in it. I can say all day long, I believe that chair will hold my weight. But until I trust that chair with my weight, my words mean nothing. So what does that mean? person who believes in Jesus, believes in Jesus to the extent and to the point where they base their life decisions on Jesus' opinions, on what Jesus would do, what Jesus did do. This is very subjective, I know. But there should be something so different about someone who says they believe in Jesus. One of the kindest and gentlest people I've, some of the kindest and most gentlest people I've ever met, believe it or not, have come out of the Catholic Church. And when I was much younger, I was very much opposed to the Catholic Church. Now, I still don't agree with a lot of their theology. I just don't. That's a personal thing. But as a music teacher, I'm telling you, every one of my students that have come out of a Catholic church in our area, a couple Catholic churches in our area, have been the kindest, most Christ-centered, Christ-reflecting families I have ever met. They're all, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. God bless you. I'll pray for you. They are absolutely the kindest, most refreshing people I've been around. They're an oasis in the middle of a desert. I want to be an oasis in the middle of the desert. I want this to be me. Now, if you believe in Christ, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. That's a promise we can claim. I do believe in Christ. He is Messiah. He is the Lord of all. He is the Word of God made flesh dwelling among us. He is the one who has life. He is the one who saves. And though I, there's nothing I can do to earn His favor, there's nothing I could ever have done to earn my salvation through Him, there are a million things I can do out of my allegiance to Him. He said earlier, and let's back up a second here, and I'll and with this I'll I'll stop. He said earlier, it says um, not there. Let's see here. Let's go to this one. 
My teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or not. In other words, it's like, it's not seeing is believing. Got to reverse that. Jesus is saying believing is seeing. As you walk with him, you see that his words are true and that his ways are true. There's so much to unpack in this chapter. So much to unpack. And the, this is a recap the, in the cultural setting. Jesus is going up to the Feast of the Tabernacles. And at the moment that the priests are uh, pouring out water in front of the altar to signify the outpouring of God's Holy Spirit, Jesus cries out, let anyone who's thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water flow from within them. The reason this is important is that he's saying this at that moment of the feast, of the festival. The festival represents God pouring out his spirit. At this point in the festival where the priests take a golden pitcher of water and pour it out in front of the altar, it represents God pouring out his spirit. And Jesus is saying, that's me. This is another picture of who I am. He's declaring very plainly with this one statement that he's Messiah. And they're going to try to kill him for that. So, those are my thoughts. Kind of, like I said, I kind of got stuck on this verse. And I and I just blew past the beginning part of the chapter because I wanted to get to this part. I am overwhelmed with thoughts today about what it's like to be someone who believes in Christ. Can I be an oasis in the desert? Am I an oasis in the desert? Am I like that tree planted by streams of living water that everything I do prospers? I'm drawing life in from the Spirit. Is the Spirit flowing through me and giving light and life to those around me? Am I an oasis in the desert? A lot to think about there. All right, and with that, this is Mr. G, this is Paige, and I'm out of here.